0: Design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Trevor Scott, and with me, as always, is Ben Swinger. Hello, hello, hello,
1: hello. I think we'll uh, we'll jump right in this week. We might as well. Uh, Welcome
0: to 2020. Well, again, again, yeah. We've, <laughs> this is uh,
1: this is the first episode we're recording in 2020. So we, we it's, we've had a few weeks off. We haven't recorded since before Christmas, and uh, so you know, hopefully,
0: hopefully things aren't too rusty. But, uh, yeah, they are. <laughs> because I forgot that we recorded an episode and released it yesterday. Yes, we did. <laughs> so, <laughs> shall we just
1: uh, jump right in with some regular old click pitch?
0: I think we should. Do you want to tell our listeners how ClickPitch works? So,
1: click pitch is a game where we each have a random word generator in front of us. And on the count of three, two, one click, we click, refresh, get a new word. We put them together and make a game design of some sort. Uh, it could be, uh, you know, it's amazing, epic narrative. It could be some cool new mechanics. It could be something completely derivative, but it'll be fun. And then we'll throw it away.
0: Yep. Yeah. And then we'll come up with like some sort of ray tracing alternative for it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And it'll probably be into one click.
1: Oh, interesting. I just got blue, the color blue. Heart. Blue Heart. Okay, I mean that—that that immediately brings me to mind of some sort of just like life mechanic, because um, obviously hearts play, you know, a very large part of, of video games, generally representing your health.
0: Ooh, ooh, ooh! Okay, my my brain has just gone to like a pet simulator, in which you're trying to get love from your owners. Okay, and so where does blue um, come in? Well, the reason why I sort of was going towards that was like, I was thinking like a blue kelpie or something like that, like f- from a dog point oh, of view. Oh, I way.
1: see the breed. Okay.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, but I was also sort of thinking that maybe, um, what happens is if, is as you sort of don't have love from your owners, you know, kind of like, um, you know, how guys sometimes complain about blue balls. <laughs> uh, this is blue heart. Blue heart. <laughs> when yep. your dog's just not getting enough love. Okay. Yep. All right. So, what? So, you play as the dog, and the goal is to just make your own alo- or animal of your choice. Like, if you want to play a fish, you can. If you want to play a, a budger or a gar, then you can. Okay. So, we're going to get a bit ambitious with it and just like, well, we have DLC, of
1: like more exotic animals and stuff.
0: Yeah. Like, so what what are the, what are the facts? <laughs> tiger in a, tiger in a small flat. <laughs> yeah. What are the, uh, <laughs> all
1: right. So I like the, I kind of like this idea that you're, you start in like an adoption center, like a pet adoption center, regardless of what type of animal you are. Oh yeah. And you don't know who you're going to get picked by. Like you have zero control over what house and which owners you will end up with. Mm-hmm. And it's some sort of procedural generation. Like maybe you can customize your animal. In fact, I'm I'm almost thinking this is a bit of a has some roguelike aspects where, you know, you do a few runs and you get to unlock new breeds, new animal types, new species. Uh new owner types. New owner types, new moves. Like we'll get to we'll get to the actual gameplay, but but yeah, so maybe you start off with, you know, dog, cat, goldfish. Um yep.
0: And, and, you know, if you're a dog, then you've got to work on those puppy eyes. And if, if you're, um, a cat, then you've got to work <laughs> yeah, you- on, on like, oh, the cute cat okay, eyes. Okay. Do they and- each have like skill trees then?
1: With, I think so. Is this a full on like- kind of third person pet simul, like pet, you know, pet action game? But yeah, the whole, all the goals are around pleasing or at least getting love from your owner.
0: Yep. Um, I think in, in each sort of house, there's like secret objectives that you can sort of, um, find, you know, lost photos and all this sort of stuff that unlock other, other owners. Mm-hmm. Or yep. You go through the, the owner's sort of life or life with an owner. Um, whether, yeah, so is whether it the, the house ends up getting burnt is down? Is it or the life like of that, the that. pet? <laughs> like,
1: because what I mean, one of the things about roguelikes and we don't have to lean into this side of it. Obviously there's permadeath, but. Is it, is it like punishing? Is it tricky? Like, is it hard to actually live the entire life of this pet? Uh, I mean, maybe not for a goldfish, but, um, but again, if you're not, if you're not giving your, uh, if you're not getting enough love from your owner as a goldfish, if you're not doing your job, then they might just forget to feed you and then it's yeah.
0: run over. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, th- I think, you know, depending on the owner that you have, like, if, if it's around Christmas time and it's a young family, then you've got to be, you know, right in your game. Otherwise you're not going to get fed after they sort of forget about <laughs> you after the first, you know, sort of week. Right. So there's sort of, okay. <laughs> Cause I'm, I mean,
1: obviously there's a huge world of things we could do. I'm, I'm trying to think of it semi realistically, but I do like the idea that again, as you go, you know, you might get a particular random seed that triggers the, you're a Christmas pet event which basically changes up the kind of adoption process. Um, yep, Santa comes- Or at least it changes the initial conditions, right? Like, I think maybe each- Again, like, it's probably a randomly generated household of some sort. I feel like the houses maybe will be pre-built um, or, or at least uh, put together from sort of initial structures or something. Yeah. But, you know, the members of the family could be procedurally generated and then they start with different levels of- affection for you based on whether they wanted you or not, or whether they're a cat or a dog person or or different things. And so you might have to work harder to win certain people over. I guess what I'm trying to think of is what's the main kind of loop then? Like you show up and now you're just, what, you're just running around this house how long does that go for? Um, what are the things you're actually doing? Obviously, there's some exploration, but
0: you're, you're basically, you're basically trying to get your, your heart meter filled all the way to the top. Because once you have, you've now, uh, they've now got, you know, pure love for this pet. And that is your goal, basically. Once you have pure love with the family, mm-hmm. um, nothing can sort of tear you asunder. All right.
1: Are there other attributes or like, uh, conflicting goals that are preventing you from this? Because, like, I'm trying to think, obviously, if you just want to win the game, you could be the most lovely cat ever that always poops in a litter tray and never knocks anything off a shelf and, you know, purrs every time you get touched. But are there, like, moods? Are there things you have to do to get food or to, like, satisfy certain
0: urges that
1: are maybe counter to... Actually, being loved.
0: Yeah, I, I, th- I think um, you've got, you know, certain instincts that that you got to sort of keep on balance. You know, um, yeah, your powers of always landing on your feet are uh, they're from the very cat-like instincts that you have. So if you're not knocking stuff off off shelves, if you're not, you know, um, cleaning yourself and doing all the all the normal cat things, okay. Uh, doing you then know, other certain
1: then the hairball up stuff like other certain abilities are lessened is that what you're saying yeah so you've yeah, got I mean, like you you you've got a cat, a cat meter so you're like how cat are you <laughs> <laughs> it's like you can get you can be more cat by knocking something precious off the shelf um and you need to keep your cat meter up because that's what like keeps you from hazards and things uh yeah. like yeah if you fall off something maybe you might not land on your feet or you get hit. Yeah, you know, I guess if you can go outside, you might like not be able to move as fast or jump as high, or that sort of thing.
0: I mean, I do kind of want to have like secret, um, secret things that you can find within the house. So, say you, you find a, um, you find a piece of buttered toast, <coughs> you can stick it on the back of the cat and, and like continually, um, you know, jump you off and. The- and you get that perpetual motion you get the perpetual, perpetual motion <laughs> machine but, ending. But what a- what actually happens is you you. Um- you know, it's sort of time warp into into another into another future, and it's sort of like that's one of the endings that you can you can unlock. Yeah,
1: I like the idea of of
0: particular situations that you can unlock a specific
1: ending. That's that's fun. Lots yeah. of little
0: easter egggy sort um, of additional. It, things it's like kind that. of really scary when you unlock the Cujo ending. Um- <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> like your the
1: dog you're playing just like <laughs> loses control and traps your family in a car. Gets
0: rabies and traps traps the family in the car. Yeah.
1: Okay. Sounds good. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, I, I like, I like this a lot. I feel like there's a lot of cool stuff here and it's a very non-traditional roguelike, but has, I, I feel like you could really adapt the roguelike setting to it. Um, and then, yeah, I think you can unlock Definitely. different moves and stuff per, per species. Um, so, you know, cats can, can have a kind of, randomly jump and run at something that nobody else can see move and that it, it dears them to the, you know, the, the family, unless they knock something off the shelf. Um, <laughs> and the dog can have the chase the tail move or the roll on your back move. And, and I think maybe you learn, you're not only, so I think it's sort of an XP building game in certain senses, like you're, you're unlocking your skill tree as you go. And then each run, you might like unlock more options for your skill tree in future runs. Uh, mm-hmm. for, or for your skills list, basically.
0: Now, have you seen the movie Secret Life of Pets? Yes.
1: Well, mo- bit like most of it. I haven't sat down and watched the whole thing, I don't think. but
0: uh, In the last couple of days, because I've been home alone with my son, yeah. I've watched one and two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it sort of has unlocked, you know, some some extra extra ideas that I have for for the game uh-huh. that you can you can sort of go out and have like an adventure with with your other um local pets that you can then <laughs> right. try to do something and get back in time to to be home for your owner when they get back yeah, well i like I like having little kind of side missions
1: um because obviously it could get a bit tedious to just oh you're a pet wandering around a house trying to make your owner love you uh, I think you need you need goals um here and there and look it could I'm almost I'm almost picturing a goose game sort of thing where you've just got these sort of relatively mundane things um but it's not necessarily about annoying everyone <laughs> no it's uh, about loving everyone yeah well it's about being loved but also about yeah like you may need to i think to tick some of these things off you know you have to have your cat or your dog level up and sometimes that involves doing things that might make your love level go down because
0: I mean I'm just picturing that You know, you get a brand new ball at the start of this one week. Um, At the end of this week, like, you've lost the ball and you're in danger of losing love points. Mm. So, you've got to sneak out of the house, down the road, to the pet store, steal this ball and get back, making sure that it's exactly the same.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And you've lost it because you buried it in the yard somewhere and you can't remember where.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you can't remember where it is.
1: So the the another option to get that back is just to dig up the entire yard and you'll get a little bit of love back for not having lost the ball, but you'll lose a lot because you just dug up the whole <laughs> But your dog exactly. meter is at an all-time high.
0: <laughs> but it's because your dog meter got so low that you yeah, couldn't actually you smell where you where you <laughs> yeah, lost exactly. the ball. Okay, three right. to, one click. to one click. Hello. Isolation. Hello, isolation. My old friend. Okay, for some reason I just Saw this whole thing yep. as almost like an echo sort of thing. Okay. You know, everyone whenever they whenever they yell into a canyon or wherever they say hello, 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 and you hear it echoing yep. off, and that's what sort of brings up this whole feeling of isolation as well. The fact that you know, kind of like an Alan Wake sort of thing yeah. that you're you're a novelist or something like that. You know, going to the secluded secluded location mm-hmm. to um, get away from society. Um, and it's just sort of like, it's so like a horror thriller sort of, I don't know whether it's a horror or thriller, just like but a, it's more a calm- an, an investigation of, of like his mind palace almost that he's looking inside and, and wanting to, I do like that idea
1: um- of just a very, yeah, very introspective game where the whole game is this guy's monologue, internal monologue. Yeah, uh, but it's you know in this beautiful sort of forested, mountainous area, and uh, almost in a gone home esque thing. Like there might be tinges of well, what's going on? Like something dangerous is happening, or something weirds going on here. But like
0: it, it's just it just gives more fodder for this sort of introspective story. Yeah, and and just the idea of as is as he's walking outside and looking around. You see, sort of fading into view, is is like a conversation that his characters in his novel are, are having, sort of in front of him. So he's um he's sort of living through and making some choices as to how he's going to write his um. Write well, story. and I like, like the idea
1: that that changes over time. In that, like he's come up here because he's got writer's block, yeah, and he's at a certain point in his novel and doesn't know how to finish it. And, yep. yeah, as he's walking around, he's seeing these scenes play out and and you, as the player like that's how you get the sense of what this book is about and who the characters are in the book, but mm-hmm. based on the experiences he has each day, like the narrative changes because his, his ideas are changing about how it could end
0: yeah that's cool yeah i'm 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 sort of seeing it almost as if the the sort of things that are occurring are almost. If you could say Disney like, you know, that you're having, uh, sort of conversations with like animals <laughs> and, and that sort of stuff around that are sort of coming to life and you start, you know, because he's been alone for so long. Okay. You know, Do they talk mind back to you? Sort of, if- I'm thinking so, yeah. But it's, it's sort of acknowledged that it's sort of all in his head. Yeah. Maybe not at the start. Like after a while, you know, he's, he's going out for a walk and he's, he finds an injured fox. Well, and, I, yeah. And sort of, Helps fix its leg and, and, you know, sort of get it all feeling better. And he starts having conversations with it. And after like two days, it, it talks back. About- well, I like the idea of doing it though in a very magical realism kind of way. Like we're
1: not implying that he's going crazy necessarily, right? Like he's not literally going insane. He's just no. creative and working things through in his head. And part of the way he's doing that is by, yeah, having these dialogues with with animals and stuff. And so yeah, I like that the first couple of days it's just his internal monologue and you and you hear that happening and you you, you still meet, you see you start seeing these scenes play out, but they're fairly ghostly, right? They're fairly transparent. And uh, and I think as you go further on, yeah, like things, more of this magical realism starts happening and these scenes and
0: start seeping in and Yeah, these you know, scenes start not, getting they're more not so solid. Ghostly anymore, they become more solid, mm-hmm. yeah. As, as they're firming up in his well, mind. Well, that's it. It's really for- a brilliant
1: metaphor for him, him really writing this story. That's cool. I like that a lot. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, I think it's just a, obviously a very straightforward narrative, but the gameplay comes from just, you know, it, 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 it's a walking scene in, in sense, in, 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 not in, not in any derogatory way, of course. Um, it's mm-hmm. just you are experiencing the game through this and, yeah, you've got to obviously choose where to walk around and where to do things, but I think you'd be fairly heavily um, guided. Oh, definitely.
0: Definitely. I, I think this area that he's in is sort of blocked off a little bit in in the fact that it doesn't have physical borders, but it's just sort of got like when he goes to go too far out, he goes, no, I shouldn't I shouldn't go there sort of thing. But you've got an, enough room that you can sort of move. You can go down to the canyon. You can go down to like a little stream. um down away. Yeah, well I think got, maybe like, there's foresty I area think maybe you there's a walk through.
1: It could be that there's specific places in this little yeah, in this little area that you've got to explore that the different scenes play out every day and so you're going to you basically need to visit them all. Yeah. and have some experience or have some thought that that then alters those scenes and you sort of see how how the narrative changes and you could even have some branching stuff uh where you get to sort of depending on some choices you make, the narrative does branch or, or even just scenes play out slightly
0: differently. The relationships
1: between the characters in your story
0: change up. I mean, there could actually be like a point after you've been there for, for quite a while that you come across someone who's who's sort of looking for shelter, basically. They've been hiking for, for a few days. They got a bit lost. Mm-hmm. And so, you don't know at this stage whether this is actually part of the story. Like- the characters kind of looks very similar <laughs> to someone that you've already sort of seen in your ghostly. Yeah. Whether it's. Maybe. I think
1: that would have to happen near the end. Oh, yeah. Because I feel I like. Near the end. I, I really do like it sticking, like being very introspective in his head. But yeah, you could maybe play around with that. And, and maybe he's then unsure whether <laughs> whether it's real or one of the characters in his story.
0: Yeah. Although, again, I don't want to go too far down like any sort of actual mental illness. Oh, No. No. This is overactive imagination, basically.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Exactly. That's really cool. And I feel like it's actually something, uh,
1: like, that's very much the sort of game that Fulbright, who did Gone Home and Tacoma, would really pull off well, because it's it's very much just that, like, some really good voice acting. Atmospheric. Uh, Yeah. That or- uh, So, I started playing Observation last night by No Code.
0: Uh, Oh, you finally got your- Got your things sorted out, did you? <laughs> yeah
1: um, but that's very that they're very much down there so they did that other um, that stranger things inspired kind of
0: uh, I can never remember what it's called've um, no, got I've got observer here I should actually check it out.
1: Yeah, it's very good um, it, they're very good at doing very atmospheric style things um, stories untold. Was the other one. And that actually, cause that actually came from a, a game jam game where it was just this text adventure, but it's the text adventure is played on a, you know, 3D modeled, um, CRT screen in the world. It's all done in a Unreal Engine and like stuff mm-hmm. around the background, like changes as things happen. It's this like horror story. Um, That's cool. and then they, they did another three more and released it as stories untold, but, uh, and then observation is, um, is you're, you play an AI on a on a space station that's, like, got weird shit going on, but very atmospheric, very cool. But they definitely pull off a game like this very well because it's very much just that kind of real good atmospheric voice acting, animation, and storytelling, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Love it. The, the more that we're talking now, the more I realize that we really need to, like, catch up as well about some other stuff that is going on. <laughs> you and I?
1: Yeah, yeah, not on, <laughs> like offline, in like yeah. two weeks. We haven't off-line. talked to each other in like two weeks. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, three, two, one, yep. click. Attitude.
1: Announcement. Announcement with attitude. So for announcement, I went. Uh, 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 when my mind went in a few different ways, some sort of like school announcement over the mm-hmm. over the PA. Um, yep. Attitude brought in like some sort of like X Games thing, like a commentator for skateboard <laughs> competition <laughs> or something. Uh, and then those were the only two. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: I don't know if there's a game in any of those uh, or, or where the kind of gameplay would come in from an from an announcement point of view.
0: Yeah. Um, we've done a few, ga- a few games in schools. Um, We haven't, like, done a game based at, Based like a sporting event or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm I'm not really one for for many sporting games. Like, I don't find a lot of sporting games like that interesting. No. No, that's true. And I'm right. so to there, are a to make okay, a there are a couple ways. Okay, there are a couple ways we could do this.
1: One, we could not challenge ourselves at all because my mind was going towards a point-and-click adventure set at like the X Games, but that's just the backdrop. Like the rest is sort of a narrative around a character there or whatever.
0: Yep, exactly where I was going.
1: (laughs) Two is we could actually challenge ourselves and try to come up with some sort of interesting concepts around a sport game, whether it is like an X Games kind of thing, and and, but maybe put a bit of a spin on it, like a bit of a uh, like what's the what are those like four and four NBA games or like some of the ones where they do it a bit, they mix it up a bit and they bring in some like special moves or like an NBA jam even or something, right?
0: Yeah, where it's not I'm just it's not just leading <laughs> towards the point and click. Well, cuz I'm just thinking like
1: you you wouldn't go let, All right, let's let's give ourselves 2 minutes to talk about what we could maybe do with an actual semi sports game as in where the gameplay is the sport itself. And then if we're not going anywhere, we'll we'll go back to the the point and click and come up with a cool narrative.
0: Okay, what is actually at X Games that hasn't already been done by Steep or um or by Tony Hawk or by Matt Hoffman's Pro BMX or, like, any of the other multitude of extreme I mean, yes, sports. that's
1: true. But um, I guess what I'm saying is, and I mean, I know that Tony Hawk games and stuff were not in no way, um, like, realistic skateboarding games. Um, no, but skate was. Skate was <laughs> a bit more, yes. <laughs> All right. So, they have, like, Moto X, which I guess is, like- Bikes, right? Like motorbikes? Yep. Skateboarding, BMX freestyle, surf stuff, maybe? And then they have winter stuff, which is like skiing, snowboarding. But I, I, that's less interesting to me. Um, they used to have aggressive inline skating. but I guess that's not cool anymore.
0: But it's not aggressive anymore. It's, I don't know. Could this be a skateboarding combat game? <laughs> could this be could this
1: be a couch competitive skateboarding game where four people okay. are on a on a like board on a skate
0: uh, park in a skate park competitively skating competitively skating but not attacking each other no i think they are attacking each other okay so it's like a it's like a couch over the top um Sort of, or top-down, at least. Yeah, uh, skateboarding game uh, where basically you're doing tricks, you're doing grinds, you're doing all that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah, but you're also picking up like power-ups and weapons, and
0: like leaving flames behind you that people can't run. I'm thinking over. a lot of the weapons are sort of board-based in in the fact that you know you can have a blade come out of the <laughs> out of the board.
1: <laughs> you, know, I think a lot of it is maybe like leaving stuff behind you. So, you've got a bit of a, like, Tron or, like, light bikes or snakes sort of thing going on where you're trying to, like, cut people off and, and like, drop some oil that they slide mm-hmm. on or drop some, yeah, like,
0: fucking napalm. I, I do kind of like the idea that if you come off your board, you sort of get a time out for, for, you know, one and a half seconds or something mm-hmm. like that. Sort of like it's a- uh, you have to stay on your board. So, your whole thing is- keeping your speed up so that you're yep. not just staying still because if you take your foot off the board to, you know, kick off the ground, I think it's sort of like if the floor is lava. Oh, you, like, idea. take a penalty for having to
1: push yourself, basically.
0: Yeah. Basically, um, it damages you. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you do it, like, two, three times in a row, then you well, that could even have yeah. a timeout for- That
1: could be, like, a, a particular game mode or something as well. You could have different modes. Um, but I do like the idea that you have to- I like the best strategy is to keep moving, yeah, and so you mm-hmm. you're having to keep tricks going and do like vert tricks to like keep your momentum up and stuff uh but yeah, at the same time, strategically get the power ups and and take out your opponents,
0: yeah, and not be left in no man's land, which is like. No man's land is like the <laughs> like the flat area, okay. <laughs> like that has no no hill, yeah, no nothing. So all you can do is so, just like lame, like you know, gently push yourself to the edge and start getting some speed up again. <laughs> sure, or take the hit and jump off and lose one of your lives. Right?
1: <laughs> yeah, I, uh, yeah. See, I feel like there's, and I mean, there are so many. I, I do feel like the sort of competitive couch stuff is getting a bit saney. Even when you throw it into different things like this, but mm-hmm. um, but I like it.
0: Okay, let's do. We, we to took to out point- a couple of minutes during yeah. there. Okay, <laughs> so point and click adventure. Yeah, you're at the X Games, and I'm thinking let's take it back to like the the nineties. Yeah, year, like the you peak, know, the, the, the peak Tony Hawk time. You're not actually a skateboarder. You're you're like one of the one of the helpers on the skateboarding side of things. Okay. And you find out this morning that uh Tony Hawk has come down with an illness. Okay. And you suspect that someone has actually like poisoned his meal. So it's now All right. somewhat an investig investigatory de- game. You're not killing anyone, but you're you're like trying to figure out who's who's trying to um Who's trying to take out the competition?
1: Okay, have they given him like? Is, is it something that, like gives him vertigo? <laughs> uh, gives him what? Vertigo? Like makes him not be able to stand? Like be up high? i <laughs> I'm was just trying to think of vertigo
0: some- or the runs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to think of something that's like uh, somewhat ironic for his uh, his tricks. Okay, so are you are you the yourself then a wannabe skater or something? Do you think or like, or is this just a summer job, and you don't give a fuck about the X Games? Are you like a, a bit of a like? You're coming in, kind of not giving a crap about this thing that everyone else cares about. You're just like a I, total I think goth kid. What
0: what you're actually playing is is like an an announcer with attitude. But in order to to ensure that you can be at your announcer best, you need to have the best people there. Cause well, because otherwise- I was just
1: wondering though if the goal if the goal could be that to become the announcer with attitude like from the beginning like maybe you've been you've been hired on you're like a high school kid and you don't you don't really care about skateboarding but you need money but then mm-hmm. at, across the course of the game you like find you find the love for what's happening here and for the love of skateboarding and you'd like learn skateboarding but also or well, maybe not learn skateboarding, but you by the end of it you you have the attitude that you need to be like this kick ass X Games announcer. Mm-hmm. Because what I'm thinking is sort of in Monkey Island insult sort of fighting like sections where you are doing the announcing.
0: Okay. Is this where you um where you're also at the person who Ooh. you believe is responsible?
1: Yeah, that could be like your big climax. Where yep. not only are you now this kick ass announcer because you've got all the right like words and things up your sleeve because you've been training in secret uh, after your first f- failed embarrassment of an announcement. But yeah, you've now you know the identity and you like out them in front of everybody.
0: And then in a weird, weird, weird final twist, the final part of the game is just an arcade sequence where you where you like. <laughs> <laughs> Where you're doing, like, skateboarding. And well, it's just- against, I kind of like, like the, the idea that your announcing guy. itself
1: is somewhat affecting, or at, at the very least, the morale of the skateboarders. Um, and, and then that affects their actual performance. And so, not only is your first- Because I'm thinking early on, it's like, oh, like, our regular announcer is, is dead. Um <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> You, you know, you ha, need has, to you need to step vertigo up. vertigo
0: and the runs as well. Yeah, somehow they have vertigo <laughs> and the
1: runs at the same time. You need to step up and and announce this skateboarding event. But you know, in true insult sword fighting kind of style, you just don't have the dialogue options to do it well, uh, and so you're destined to fail.
0: And it's yeah, it's things A- like every every second word is what an awesome three sixty. That's awesome. That's just brilliant. Yeah. That's- oh, oh uh, <laughs> awesome. That was
1: what an awesome uh, skateboard. <laughs> uh yeah but then obviously later on and i don't know i don't think you actually like have to identify tricks specifically although maybe you get more points if you like or maybe you do better if you like identify the trick or something i don't know but uh, you were at least uh, at, more accurately saying things that are going on and like using the the right sort of terminology and attitude and stuff
0: yeah i love it yeah that's cool that's cool Three, two, one click yeah mud Sabotage. Sabotage.
1: Okay. (laughs) Mudotage. Are we sabotaging something with mud? Is this like a place that just has a lot of mud where some sabotage has happened? Um, Are we somehow sabotaging the mud itself?
0: (laughs) Is this a health spa? You know, where where people sometimes have mud baths. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Like it. So, I'm just wondering whether you're- I know that I go down this route a lot, but uh, you're a maintenance person <laughs> okay. having to go, go around and, and, like, fix all the issues that are happening here.
1: Yes, and
0: something less boring. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I just mean- I'm just trying to think of where does the store like, where does the gameplay come from then, rather than just sort of having these jobs to do?
0: Um, well, okay, so what I'm thinking is, at the start, like, there's a couple of- small little things that are that are happening. You you have to go and fix like some of the sporting equipment or or you know ex- exercise equipment. And then you got to go like refill the mud bath. And then on the on the second day someone gets crushed by by like um a weight machine that is malfunctioned and collapsed in on itself. So all now right,
1: All right, can I can I take this in a slightly different direction? I like the idea of being a health spa instead of it being mm-hmm. some sort of like you know, open-ish, you know, third person, whatever world. Let's bring it back. Let's make it more simple. I'm picturing a single screen sort of maybe side on view of this health spa. And it's more of a spinning plates kind of situation where it's like, oh, we're out of mud. Okay. I need to mix up some new mud. And you've got like different recipes or like different combinations of things you can use. And maybe the mud is a resource that you have to get from. Maybe you like re- Maybe when these people come into your health spa and like get their fucking, I don't know, blackheads removed or whatever, that actually becomes the mud that's (laughs) there. Like I'm picturing, I'm picturing this totally gross- like it could be this kind of gross out thing of, of how you kind of manage. And I'm not talking about you, you, I'm not saying you build it. Like this isn't a management sim in that sense. It's more of just here is this fixed health spa thing. And it's really about just like, all right I'm gonna like upgrade this because it's gonna give me more of this resource because i need I need to manage the muds next you're
0: gonna say the waste from the liposuction gets turned into soap <laughs> absolutely throw in that fight club reference
1: for sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i' I look and i'm I'm okay i to be to be open, I'm basing this somewhat off the game that I've been playing a little bit recently called despot despotism Three Thousand, which is where you play this like alien who's got humans captured in this base, and you have to breed them and and have and just put them into your to work in your different machines to like generate electricity mm-hmm. but yeah it's it's more of you've just got these kind of different stations and you have to manage their sort of incoming and outgoing resources in different ways as people come in and out of your um, health spa.
0: Okay, and where does sabotage come in? Well, then I think you've
1: got, like, random events and stuff. I think you can have something happen where, like, oh, shit, our liposuction machines are being sabotaged and and so it's offline for a while, right? And so we're going to run out of soap, our soap reserves, uh, you know, and, and so maybe we need to, like, fucking, I don't know, kill one of the people who come in so we can get a big, like... <laughs> Just take all their fat at once and render it down into
0: <laughs> So, in other words, that's where you, that's where you like take some bolts out of the weight, the weightlifting machines so that they get crushed on the inside of this thing. And
1: yeah, exactly. And yeah. I like, think like oh, like, oh my God. I think basically you've sense. got sort of
0: a bunch of. Knobs and
1: dials on all these different stations that you can tweak in different ways to alter for one, how, how well they're working for the people coming in and two, how well they're providing you with resources. And, and I love this idea of it kind of being this super gross out thing where like, yeah, in the weight area, you're collecting their sweat and then that becomes the fucking like mineral baths that they have, right? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> And maybe it's also generating power for you or something, right? Like they are on the I'm treadmill. I'm going to have to put
0: a warning at the start of this episode saying, please do not eat food while you are listening to um, yeah, the game content, at around Yeah, definitely content warning, minutes. bodily fluids, uh, for sure. But Ugh.
1: I don't know. I feel like- I feel, And I'm sort of picking, picturing this very like- It's retro pixel kind of style with all these people coming in and yeah.
0: Oh, see, I, th- I thought you'd want fully 3D rendered with ray tracing and all this sort of stuff so that you could see- um, Liquid physics, you know, yeah. Maybe. You could see, you know, the sweat glistening off the off the bodies of these that muscular could work. men. That
1: could work too. Sure.
0: <laughs> sure. Photo mode. Three to one click. Get away from this. Horse.
1: Menace. Is this like a Wild West kind of situation? Or like a- or maybe not Wild West. Maybe this is like Outback Australia kind of like man from Snowy River style thing.
0: Okay. Yeah, I like period setting. I, I don't actually know enough about history to <laughs> <laughs> I'm picturing the start of the game and it, it starts up and it, it comes up with this beautiful sort of view of like the snowy river and and like a horse running down and then all of a sudden Daryl Braithwaite's horses starts up and you go, Oh shit. And that's <laughs> when the horse like takes <laughs> out a shotgun and becomes a menace.
1: Um okay.
0: I'm sort of of picturing Hotline Miami, but with a horse. (laughs) (laughs)
1: I mean, we could. If you want to go silly with it, we could definitely take it down. I mean, I don't know enough about 1800s fucking Australia, really, to to go deep on a, you know, Stockman character, whatever. (laughs) But we could definitely
0: make it a horse who's got a shotgun. (laughs) Okay. So, at the start, it's this horse that falls down and breaks its leg. And the Jolly Swagman gets out his shotgun and is about to destroy the horse when the horse sort of like does a leg sweep, knocks the shotgun out of the Jolly Swagman's hand and shoots him dead. Then stays still, finally figures out how to, how to, you know, repair his leg. And now he's just on a, um, on a revenge spree, you know, against all these people who were, who were basically trying to destroy horses anytime they break a leg. (laughs)
1: yeah okay (laughs) so (laughs) i love the idea of an australian based ridiculous game where you're playing uh, uh, so i'm picturing uh, i'm picturing it 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 does start off as this serene setting of you know australia the gum trees you've got like the little the harmonica with fucking waltzing matilda going you in the background as it starts mm-hmm. and then this fucking happens and it cuts into like a heavy metal version of Waltzing Matilda <laughs> Um, You'll come Waltzing Matilda with me and then yeah there's just this fucking horse shooting down bloody bush rangers and and swagmen and stockmen and whatever like uh, freeing the Brumbies <laughs> From the from the stations. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
0: I'm loving it. <laughs> loving it. I want super, super gory. Oh, definitely. Yeah. You definitely come
1: up and Ned Kelly is the boss. The man from Snowy River himself Ooh. is a boss. Yeah. Uh, I'm almost almost pitching, yeah, like Snowy River itself is also Snowy a boss. Snowy River so. itself like rips itself up off the ground, its watery arms and face. <laughs> <laughs> I the, don't know if there's a dam there, but I'm the I'm ghost just picturing, of like, the Jolly Swagman comes out of the yep. Billabong. I'm, I'm almost picturing a more of a like a um, nuclear throne or something, right, or a top-down uh, shooter sort of thing. I mean, kind of yep. that's hot, Hotline Miami-esque, except Hotline Miami had a very different sort of. Uh,
0: yeah, that was very much in buildings. I'm thinking this is, you know, sort of.
1: I think this is just a, through. I think this is like a Crimson Land or a nuclear throne-style
0: yep. shooter. Uh yeah, and you just there's like hordes of sheep, and I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm actually picturing, you know, the horse is actually walking on its hind legs, and it actually has like the <laughs> has the shotgun. Oh yeah, so it's like in th- it is in the front two legs.
1: Anthropomorphic, somewhat, but I mean, but like, well, not anthropomorphic in that it's it's still shaped very much like a horse. It's a very awkward <laughs> animation, <laughs> <laughs> balancing this shotgun.
0: <laughs> what I'm picturing is, for the most part, like, it's just holding it in its mouth, but when you need to shoot, it sort of rears up on its hind legs, and, you know, the tail sort of comes out and pulls the trigger, maybe. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm sure we could find an animator who would have some fun with it. Yeah.
1: All right. Take one click. I think. Yeah. Taking that one as far as I can get.
0: That was insane. Mole. Date. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay, sorry, my mind just went in a few different directions. Um, you could be on a date with someone who has a really big mole. Although I don't want to do any sort of body shaming, so no. maybe we'll stay away from that. My, uh, my initial thought actually was that you're some sort of mole in the organization of like some sort of organization. Yep, but some, but it's like like the, the game itself is on a, You're on a date with someone, maybe someone, maybe your boss or something.
0: Okay. So you're a mole in the organisation of Tinder. <laughs> um, okay, you, you're wor- you, you're working for a small startup, and you're trying yep. to trying to work out how they actually came up with their so, um, their, their algorithm, their, their, their match- matching algorithm. Yeah. because your algorithm just doesn't seem to be matching people up anywhere near as good as what Tinder does. And well, wh- whether it's actually Tinder or whether it's I like you know, I like the
1: idea that you your algorithm keeps Matching people that they fall in love with, but people just want to get laid. Yeah. They're complaining. It's like, I met the love of my life on this. I wanted to sleep with, you know, 30 guys uh, before I settled down, but now
0: I can't. One star. (laughs) (laughs) I met the love of my life, but I'm already married. (laughs) Yes. It's like a fucking Rick and Morty episode that matches them with their soulmates. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ, that was funny.
1: <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, I think, <laughs> and I think that can just be a little throwaway thing, but I think, yeah, you're, you work for a company, it's a dating startup and you, your algorithm is too good at finding people that people that they'll fall in love with and not good enough at finding people that I'll have casual sex with. Uh, yeah. and so, and so you're not making any money. <laughs>
0: Because people only use it the once.
1: Exactly. <laughs> then, exactly. They're not going to pay for your premium matches and stuff when
0: the first one
1: is, ends up being their fucking soulmate.
0: <laughs> I think we've actually just honed into what makes Tinder so successful is the fact that- they doesn't just, work. <laughs> it doesn't actually work. Like, they've got it to the point where, where they've removed all the true love equations out of it and got it into just the casual sex area. Wow, I, th- I think I think we've got to actually be watching our backs because I think we've just unearthed something. <laughs>
1: oh, I think Tinder is going to be sending its fucking goons against us, and I'm telling you what, they're going to swipe left. I don't know which one's the good way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know what it, which which is a good way either. We, <laughs> we, <sort of> we <laughs> met our partners in yeah time before time before Tinder.
1: Uh or only just for me?
0: Mine was like twenty years before. Yeah.
1: So okay, <laughs> so quite. you are. So are you on? <laughs> All right. So what's what's your app called? Let's come up with that first. Uh- grind I mean, um- <laughs> <laughs> uh- <laughs> is it? Co- All right. Let's think. Um, uh, what's something that mates for life? Like doves or something? Isn't there some like like animals that mate for life?
0: Swans. No not penguins mate for life or something like that? Because I feel like you could do something around that.
1: Gibbons, but that's not very good. Swans do. Maybe it's like swan love or something. Like swan... Swanner. <laughs> albatross? <That's laughs> albatross kind of a is, bit is wrong. okay because albatross is also a term... Isn't that a term for, like, finding something rare?
0: Yeah, it is. I think it is. Mm. is. Right, let's just I go with that. Up. Your app's called albatross. <laughs> Whatever. That's fine. Um...
1: Because my point was, you're on a date with.
0: Hang on, shouldn't we? Shouldn't we be looking for, for um, animals that don't mate for life and like find a new mate every two seconds? Because that's what you're trying to. Well, that's,
1: do. but that's what you're gonna. That's what you're gonna have to rename it to once you actually like steal the yep. Tinder algorithm. Um, this is the original because I think you went into this as a like wide-eyed people want to find love like thing. You did too well. You've matched all these people up. they never come back and give you money for your app like I feel like you give you give like one free match when you download the app, and nobody ever needs any more <laughs> so you've never you've barely you've basically made no money
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> and you don't want to make it ad supported otherwise no one will actually download it so it's it's a catch twenty two no one actually pays for the premium services because they don't need it after their first dinner yeah. So,
1: but my point was: Are you so you're on a date with like the head, like the CEO of Tinder, or well, okay, Now, maybe this is a series. That maybe you have to date your way through management at Tinder. <laughs> but I guess my point was: Are you going on albatross dates or Tinder dates? Because do you fall in love <laughs> with these people?
0: Well, well, you're trying. You're trying to analyze the um. You're trying to analyze the the, the Tinder algorithm at first by using their app to um to get matched with all these people.
1: Oh, so do you go on dates and like every date you go on gives you, you know, a percentage of insight into the algorithm? And you have to do yep. it with it's like
0: you're doing it without you have to get through it without being found out somehow. Yeah. Um I th- I think what starts happening is you can sort of compare you know the tinder match against what the albatross match is, and the albatross match you know sort of shows up as as you know a one percent compatibility compared to um compared to the ninety nine percent compatibility of these of this other person that um you sort of realize that it's almost the exact opposite of what albatross oh, is oh okay, is so maybe saying. you've
1: got like the different factors that it's matched on in different compatibilities in different personality areas, and yeah I mean we that we we can basically. It, the actual insight that you get can be pretty much techno babble. I think the point is that you are going on a series of dates to compare the algorithms, mm-hmm. um, and 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 reverse engineer their algorithm for your own app. So then, what's the gameplay? And 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 is the, is it sort of just a narrative thing as you go on these like I don't know six dates or something? You find something out about yourself,
0: or yeah, but every single date that you sort of go on, like the first one. Sort of is okay, and sort of ends in in like a very basic hot coffee situation. Okay, yeah. But the, but the next ones, it kind of goes a bit weird. Kind of like, have you ever seen the movie Juice Bigelow Male Gigolo?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting you to go there. Okay, yes. I'm kind of Al, scared. Everything was
0: kind of twisted on its side. That it was kind of a bit awkward in the way. Yeah. That- things were actually but happening. But he ended up in, like liking the all these dates. people, right? Like they basically yes. became he became
1: friends with them all.
0: Yeah. I kinda like the idea that, you know, you're you're getting these weird sort of matches that Just these out there really people who are not Extremely out there. And and it seems to be weird that you're getting matched up with all these people. And it turns out that like the people from Tinder who are just evil incarnate. Um have have been modifying the matches because- they've, Right, they've, they know, they've known what you're, you're up to the whole time. Yeah. Okay. You and these other matches, you know, you start going after the Tinder people. And you get back at them by showing them who their
1: albatross match is, and they're like, they're like, no, I fell in love. <laughs> like, that's the worst <laughs> thing for them that you could do for them. Because <laughs> then now they can't just go and have casual <laughs> sex with anyone else because they'd feel like- <laughs>
0: They were cheating on the, their soulmate. No, I, th- I think what actually happens at the end is you kind of turn- You turn the albatross figures upside down, but you, you make your way into Tinder and you actually make their algorithm better for finding love. Oh, you just tank so their company. Stop- <laughs> you tank their company that way.
1: <laughs> Although I do love the- I do love the, a moment where, like, you're coming up against the sea of Tinder after all this stuff's happened and they're, like, cackling away because they've- They've, you know, taken down your plan and you just and you're just like, oh yeah, well look, let's see your albatross match and turn around and there's, there's it's just like no match and they just their face just crumbles. <laughs> there's no one out there
0: for them. It turns out that like that's that's the reason why they started Tinder because they, they thought they, they could actually do this. They got uh zero matches on themselves and that was and they keep on checking it every day. And so, that's, that's their truth, that they they could only ever get 50, 50% matches. So, therefore, everyone else was only ever going to get 50% matches.
1: <laughs> um, that's got cool. I'm still unsure of what the actual gameplay is of this, but I love the story that we're building. Um, so oh, yeah. So, uh, let's stick with it. By
0: which I mean, mm-hmm. let's click again. <laughs> I reckon this should be our last one.
1: I think so, yeah.
0: Tending.
1: Blasting.
0: So I mean, tending
1: makes me think of either gardening because I feel like you tend to mm-hmm. your garden or bartending. Yep. bartending could be cool with, cool with blasting. Maybe it's like a shooter where you have to
0: like shoot drinks to people. <laughs> <laughs> Got like a t-shirt cannon, yeah. That but flies it's, sort of, it's sort of reminding me of double shot. Yeah, that's true. Um, or the, or just like so tapper, but it's a shooter instead of oh. <laughs> okay, so what if it was a VR game? in which you're tending to your to a window box. So yep. it's sort of like a stationary sort of yep. thing. Yep, yep. We like uh, we tend to like those.
1: T- <laughs> tend to. <laughs> tend. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so I'm thinking that you've got to, you know, aerate the soil a little bit, you can plant your th- things in in the uh, window box. But at the same time you've got like insects and stuff that are that are coming to attack your plants. So you've got to be shooting them off with with like individual Ooh, Locking I kind of like the something. idea that this is almost a bit of a
1: tower defense game, where not not in the true, not in the traditional sense as such, but the the types of plants that you plant in different positions will have different effects on, like you know, you can plant Venus flytraps around the edges or something, and that's gonna like capture the flies coming from that direction, or you know, there's different sorts of you know you you can plant ones that a particular type of insect likes over here. Um, and then that means they're all going to go in that direction and then you can swat them more easily or something. Like, I think there's, mm-hmm. it's not just the plants doing all of it, but you can
0: strategically plant different flowers and things to to alter these insects' yep. behaviour. I kind of also like the idea of this is on an alien world and the insects that are coming are fucking huge and therefore the- more teen guns that you've got are actual guns <laughs> that you're just shooting these fucking <laughs> things out of the sky. <laughs> okay, that was that was different to where I was going, but that's fine. <laughs> Believe me, well, with the way that you were going, I was about to go, oh, and what, zombies come up next? Because it just felt like Plants I mean, vs. Zombies be a bit pl- tower but, Okay, but, game.
1: But, all right, hear me out, hear me out, because- <laughs> The other place I was going on, there's another aspect to this game is that while this tower defense stuff is happening, you're looking out this window, there's, there's like background narrative stuff going on out the window. And that's, it's almost Easter eggy. <laughs> but it's, I, I'm feeling this is a bit more of like a, a calm kind of, um, you know, serene sort of game. And, you know, it's still challenging because, yeah, it's about, It is about tending these flowers in a way that that the the insects can't get to them, but it's also about just, like, seeing the stuff that's happening outside your window and watching your flowers grow.
0: Um, And protecting your flowers from the paper boy that is riding down the street. Yeah, sure. Look, I think there can be little events. Smashing Little events and
1: and stuff where you have to, like, bat the, yeah, like, the paper out of the way.
0: What else can happen down the street that we haven't? Well, I think I think again
1: while. it's just sort of that you get the same sort of people like there's a couple that goes by and uh, cuz I'm I'm sort of picturing each day is like a a round mm-hmm. and you have to like the plants survive day to day, right? Like you do have to tend to them. Uh, I feel like you've got maybe like a tending period and then the like it's like the attack attack round. So you have to make sure that the plants are planted right and they've got enough water and you can move them, but that's gonna like take them down a bit or it's gonna like have they have to start from scratch and you know okay. they only get to fullat- like full bloom after you know x number of days depending on the breed of plant and stuff
0: so I'm thinking for the first like two minutes after after putting this special like um plant strengthen strengthening potion basically attack it it um attracts all the all the insects in the neighborhood basically. Okay. Um so it's this scientific invention that the reason why um at the end of end of your tending session um that this happens is you you have to use this um this growth formula because um reasons. <laughs> <laughs> is this are you saying so you can see the results of your tending right away? Well I'm I'm thinking that the reason why there's an there's an attack after every tending session, is this one growth? Right, formula that it just you're like using, attracts the attracts everything. Yeah, look, basically- we can
1: we can come up with uh, if we need a if we need a in world hook for why they come, that's fine. I mean, you could just take it from a game point of view of like, and now it's the round when the insects <laughs> attack, or like at the time of day or something.
0: Um, oh, yeah, you, you hear like. Sun's going down, the locust sand is getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and it's just fucking locusts just coming in. Yeah,
1: and so then I think you've got a session of- Because I'm picturing the the sort of attack round as the plants that you've got there, like, they're maybe taking damage, and so you've got some tools around where you can, like, heal them up a bit by, you know, reaching to your left and grabbing the little watering can to pour on them or something. Or you can grab Mm -hmm. the fly swat or the, like, mortine gun or whatever to, like, help- these things take them out, but then, the, yeah, the, the whole time the plants themselves are defending themselves in some way um,
0: against. These um, I think when when it becomes the craziest is the fifth day, yep. where the fire breathing insects start <laughs> coming out, and that's when you start realizing that shit's about to go down. Yeah, sure. Uh, so and look, it all could those be retardant plants that you thought that you shouldn't need at the start. <laughs> yeah, you really should have been planting them the whole time.
1: Well, that's it. I like the idea that. These are, they're not realistic plant breeds as such. They're probably based on actual plants, but obviously they have all these like attack abilities and you could, (laughs) you could bring in your hole if you want to use your serum or whatever. Like that's why they're, but I like the idea that again, you can maybe like unlock different plant breeds as you go or, um, you know, some are more expensive than others or some are just, you know, take more, like need more specific. Cause I, I, again, I like the idea that you can't necessarily, plant some plants, some some breeds next to other ones or something, right? Because they need different soil acidity or water levels or- So, you've got some strategy- You've got some strategy around, around where you can plant what.
0: Um, I kind of like the idea of having uh, within the game, like, special achievements. Like, if you give all the growth serum that you've got- only to Venus, to a Venus flytrap, you can unlock the Audrey 2, um, <laughs> <laughs> achievement yep. in that you've made like this huge sentient, um, sentient Venus flytrap style. Yep. Yeah, sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You could definitely yep. have a lot, um, good, a lot of good, a lot of good puns in there. You can somehow grow Groot. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I'm trying to think about the plant, cre- uh, plant, uh. <laughs> Popcorn um,
0: swamp thing, sure, yeah. Like made it
1: like yeah. It's <laughs> fucking vines. It's just if you and shit. put water, if you turn your whole thing into a swamp, it's just vines grow yep. up. Um, yeah, totally. Um, um, the happening. Ivy. The happening. <laughs> yeah. You can just grow the right combination, so everybody starts killing themselves. <laughs>
0: And the first the first victim is the is the paper boy. <laughs> yeah. You just see him like
1: <laughs> shove a fucking paper down his throat and choke himself to death.
0: <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. And then
1: M night Shyamalan comes in and goes, What a twist. <laughs> <laughs> what a twist. Oh, what a twist. Alright.
0: <laughs> I think we'll end it there. That'll do for tonight.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So if you want to Find us online. We're at podchaser.com slash bitstorm. All one word. Go check that out. Go look at our backlog of 160 odd episodes. Uh, it's actually exactly 160. They're just kind of odd. Uh, but, uh, (laughs) there's a lot to, there's a lot to look at there.
0: There's, there's a couple of half episodes. There are, there are some
1: bonus sort of things. Um, uh, some global game jam, Jame, jam, some global game James episodes, some global game jam episodes, one of which will be coming up in just uh, a month or so as we have that again at the end of January. That will be fun. Uh, you should also check out 8bit.net. We are part of the 8bit collective. Uh, and this is a group of podcasters who just, we are just buds. We just get along. It's just good folks. So go check them out, 8bit.net.
0: We'd like it if you could go and like all our friends at the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network. They are a group of like-minded individuals who all just want to help each other. A good, fun community. They helped us a couple of weeks ago with our Game of the Year episode. Mm-hmm. Check that out if you haven't already. That was a good, fun one. Um, and finally, we'd like to thank Kurados for the use of the song "Mount Defiance" off of the containment failure.
1: That's right. So, thank you again. For joining us this week on Bitstorm, I'm Ben Slinger.
0: I'm Trevor Scott.
1: You'll come a Matilda with me.
0: <laughs> what a twist! What a twist! <laughs>